Thanks for joining us here on Prospect Nation. Marcus Burnett joined by Brandon Clay. Uh, today we're going to elaborate a little bit on Jonathan Hemingway's article uh, on breakout class Ohio State. Shouts out to Bow Wow, who's uh, <laughs> B. Clay. Talk about the relation that he has to this this subject that we have here today. And your man. ability to find artists from states and even more specific cities is, is amazing and, and kind of uncanny, quite honestly. Uh, you know, Bow Wow from Columbus, you know, which is the where the campus of Ohio State sits. And John did a great job. You can follow him at JL Hemingway PSB, and, and he really did a good job with this article. In terms of breaking down what it means for Kevin McGuff and his new staff, you know, to have been on the job less than six months and locked down a top five recruiting class, that's a really big deal in the bigger scheme of basketball. And I think that the state, Ohio, and their recruiting ties to other places are good enough that this is going to be something that they have the opportunity to duplicate over the course of the next two or three classes, putting them in a position to be back into that Final Four mix there in Columbus, which is what you expect on the men's side, men's football, and obviously women's basketball. You expect them to be amongst the best in the country. And that they are, and when you, when you talk about best uh, in the country, uh, something that comes into the search box should be Kelsey Mitchell's <laughs> name, uh, number one player in the uh, 2014 Elite 150. Uh, talk about how you know getting her to commit there really helped spearhead any efforts, Brandon. A kid like Mitchell brings people with her. Um, you know, actually, her dad, Mark, is on staff there. Kevin McGuff, you know, brought him along with the, the crew as they started to build out that staff. She's going to put them in a position to be really, really good. Uh, she has the ability to really change games with her pace and her scoring. But more importantly, she's going to be a good recruiter. You know, kids are going to want to play with her. Uh, you know, Alexa Hart, Michaela Wadham, and those kids we'll get to in a minute. Those are great examples of people who, who played alongside of her during the club season and then said, you know what, I like this kid enough to want to say, hey, I'm going to keep playing with her. That doesn't always work out. You know, you can have a kid that's supposed to be a recruiter. Kids play with her in the high school season or the club season. Like, oh, nah, I don't want any parts of this kid. If this kid is going over there, I'm going to stay as far away from her as I can. I don't want to play with her. So for both of, of those kids who, who we have in our elite 150 and more importantly in the top 50 in the country for both of them to sign on and say hey not only do I believe in this new coaching staff but I, I, I want to play with this kid that speaks volumes to Kelsey Mitchell on what they're putting together and you know Mitchell's talent you know it speaks for itself but I think one of the bigger things that I can appreciate about a player like Mitchell is the chip on her shoulder that she still plays with despite having that kind of talent Summarize that for those that may not have been able to see her in person. Well, you know. Mitchell's a kid that if Ohio State never made it to the NCAA tournament in the four years she was there, she would leave her senior press conference and say, you know what, I wasn't very good. She would not blame McCuff. She wouldn't blame Alexa Hart. She wouldn't blame Waterman or any of the other 12 kids on scholarship. I wasn't good enough, period. Uh, and when you find people who are willing to and able to be accountable, that is a special thing. Um, I, I talked to her a couple of years ago, actually, in the interview we did, and I said, you know, what are you working on? She said, my right hand. No hesitation, no anything. And, and you talk about people who haven't made it and, and why they haven't made it, and there's some traits there. And I was listening to a, a Grantland podcast with Bill Simmons. He was talking about a guy in the NBA who was a rookie and said, you know what? He wasn't accountable for anything he said during the course of that podcast. And 
Kelsey Mitchell seems to be accountable for everything that is asked. Why aren't you this? Well, I need to do this. What can you do better? I need to do that. She does a very good job of, of addressing her needs, and she does a very good job of addressing what she does well, and that is a special and unique skill. Got to see a lot of all Ohio black uh, during that summer live period. Uh, you know, you got that one-two punch. If Mitchell is that one, Michaela Waterman definitely a strong two. Uh, let's talk about Waterman's presence uh, for that program as well. Well, if you haven't seen Waterman play, you know, a skilled forward matchup problem for other teams. You know, we talked about it when she committed and kind of what her fit was and Haley Peters. But Waterman has a lot of Kelsey Mitchell in her or vice versa in that both of them seem to be very accountable for getting better, uh, very accountable for when they play well or they don't play well and, and being able to go back and, and account for, for that and, and, and just continue to work on their game. There's nothing but bright stuff. When you look at Alexa Hart as well, they've just done a really good job of securing players. You'll look at what they're going to do in 14, but like I talked to and alluded to at the beginning of, of this, and I talked with Jonathan about it as well, it's more about what they're going to be able to do in 15, 16, and 17 based off of the strength here. It is extremely difficult to step into a job, have a top five recruiting class when you haven't been there six months. It opens the door and it makes it okay for other kids to come and be a part of it. I think that is, in addition to the obvious talent that you have, that's really the signature here is that what it sets up for Joy Cheek, Kevin McGuff, Mark Mitchell, and Patrick Klein. It puts them in a really unique position to recruit the state of Ohio and really all over the country over the next three or four years because of this class. State of Ohio already talked about two of the prize, prospect, uh, prize prospects, last but not least, Alexa Hart. Uh, she had a summer-long block party. Everyone was invited. Uh, talk about her prowess uh, as a one-person SWAT team. Well, she runs the floor. She can catch the ball. She can finish it. She showed a couple of half hooks offensively, so she really is rounding out her skill set. And then she does. She has an elite-level skill, the ability to block the ball. Uh, you know, I talked about her length, I think, in one podcast, being similar to Jacinta Monroe at FSU. Um, I, she puts me in the mind of Theo Ratliff played in the NBA for some years. You know, their ability to change and affect the game with, with their specialty on the defensive end, they're getting a, a really good one in heart. And, you know, they still are on the board now for Catherine Westbelt, who, who played club with those guys and then also plays high school with Waterman. Uh, Gabby Green from out of California, Kristen Simon in California, Asia Doss in Michigan. So a lot of kids, and we talked about the national pulse there, there's an example of it. We go from Ohio to California and then over to Detroit. They're going to be linked in with a lot of kids over the course of the next three or four years from all over the country. They definitely will not be limited to regional recruiting. You know, the Ohio State Athletics Program is no stranger to being a contender. You know, on the national stage, you look at, you know, Urban Meyer and football. You know, we know what's going on there at that model, the boys team, and now you have you know, the girls basketball team doing what they're doing as well. Talk about how that helped from a standpoint of just, you know, campus moxie to the recruiting landscape. It makes it easier. It makes it easier for everybody if, if everybody is good. Uh, you sell a winning environment and a winning atmosphere. You know, you look at Duke um, and the basketball department has been able to do that for a long time. Uh, you know, Stanford has flirted with it on the other side of the, the country in terms of being able to have people that are, are both good in men's and women's basketball. Stanford, obviously, football-wise now, too. Cal Berkeley's trying to get it done. Like, you're watching a lot of people right now try to put it together. 
where they can get three sports. And that is extremely unique. You know, Duke football has not historically been very good. Men's basketball has been good, and women's basketball obviously, been, obviously has been good. Can you get that trifecta where all three sports are really good? And when you do it, it allows you now to recruit almost transparently. You don't have to worry about if it's a football game in which you're going to get killed by 35, and it's not going to be a good experience for the recruits, and it's going to be kind of boring, and you're leaving at halftime. Every single experience that you could bring them into, whether it's a men's game during the middle of the year when Jared Sullinger's playing, now Aaron Kraft, whether it's you know Braxton Miller on a Saturday, no matter what experience you're bringing them to, and then baseball even in the springtime, you always have something going on on campus. People are wearing the red and gray, and, and they really take more stock in your program. Even the casual fan at the diner down the street you know, the kid's parents are gone, the kid's still on campus, the kid's parents are getting something to eat, and they just run into somebody. Hey, I just saw you at the game. Is your daughter thinking about coming here? I saw her. She was tall. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, just those kinds of interactions that aren't even designed. It, the better off the programs are on campus, the better those interactions are. And sometimes that's the stuff that ends up happening. And the table's been set. Ohio State basketball has been good in recent memory, this has not been, you know, we talked about this in another podcast too, long since the days of Sammy Brahalis or Jantel Lavender. They're accustomed to having all league kids there. Taylor Hill had a quality year last year for them as well. So McGuffin, those guys are coming in, doing exactly what they need to do, hit pay dirt and get it rolling. Hey, I'm not the biggest DJ Cali fan, but it looks like they're in Columbus. They're on some uh, all we do is win, win, <laughs> win, no matter what type stuff when you look at the programs they're aligning. So uh, that'll do it here for this Prospects Nation podcast. Thanks for joining us.